because now I have the parameter of I could bust my fucking ears for how loud I am. Yeah, it's, that's going to be the method for sure that wins. <clears throat> well, welcome to the Empty Glass Podcast. This is Stefan. This is Matt. Hello. Oh, yeah, now we got um, some fresh new microphones that we're using. Yeah, and to be, and aside from that, you know, we have a different location. We got a fucking chairs. I could hear myself talk. It's really fucking weird. This is how everyone else feels, I guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is exactly how everyone else feels. Yeah, so real quick before we start getting into things, uh, do you want to talk about the scheduling and stuff like that? Because I think we've kind of come to an agreement. Yeah, we have. We have. So you can lay it down for the peeps. All right. So we're going to try to do... Try. Try, try, try. Try. Uh, we're trying to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday are going to be, you know, 30-minute episodes, roughly 20. Well, yeah. It'll be short. And then Friday, we want to try to do longer episodes, at least an hour or something. And we don't want to be talking out of our ass for that long. We're going to be trying to have uh, subjects and stuff and shit we could do. But, you know, as we mentioned before, if you have any suggestions, if you have any requests, please let us know. So that way we can not talk out of our ass. And hey, we got a timer. That's right. We got a timer. Hold Seven pulled out his phone with a timer. Yeah, uh, so that give, way me, we give me a second. Yeah, I'm, we're going to officially start the first formatted episode to some level of degree. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, don't do that. Fuck. I can I hear our saliva. I'm gonna have to really cut that down. Yeah, we got we got much nicer mics that we're using now. So yeah, and I just chowed down a buffalo fake chicken sandwich. A buffalo fake chicken sandwich. A buffalo fake chicken sandwich. My favorite. From I guess Earth. we're just gonna have to look at this sideways. Or hold on. Oh my god. <laughs> that's that's pretty calm. Yeah, I mean, it's calm. I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. For so sure. you, you don't have to fully turn because you put it at an awkward angle. I mean, if we're talking about something, it's not too bad. You know? Right. But yeah, we're going to have to kind of get like used to it. But it's not... Hey, but look, you bumped the mic and it wasn't like, kunk, you know, like how it used to be. Yeah, now, but I can hear, I can hear my fucking, my new Samsung note. Every time I pull out the pin, I hear the fuck. Hold on one second. Okay, we're good. Eh. Yeah, you just kind of have it floating there. It's not It's going to kind of float around anyway. It doesn't matter. All right, we're good. So, Stefan, why don't you lead us into the conversations about what we're talking about? Okay, I wanted to actually like fully discuss Joker since we, I've had some time to let it marinate. Okay, so you want this one to be the hour-long episode? Because I feel like this is probably the best opportunity we'll be able to get towards an hour. Yeah, probably. Because oh. I'm, I'm, my topics are kind of outdated. But first, before we start, I have something for you. And for the audiences, they will have to just kind of audibly visualize. For me? Audibly visualize, yeah. Okay, so here's the first thing. Do I have to audibly visualize? All right, uh, Stefan is reaching towards. I was the doing bag. some cleaning today, and uh, this is this is something that came up, and I thought you'd appreciate that. This better not be a fucking dead rat or something. No, this is Matt's uh, camera that he left here at my house. Oh fuck! <laughs> I was like, "What's in the bag?" Oh yeah, <laughs> my nothing in there. My expensive shit. Yeah, just your like thousand dollar camera. Oh f- wait, are you sure this is mine? Yep, that's your T six. Oh fuck! Yeah, you left it here. I. Okay, so I do remember forgetting it, but then I was like... My phone. I was like, I could trust Stefan, and then I had so much trust in you that I fucking forgot the camera altogether. <laughs> well, there's that, and then here's the other thing that I think, you know, we always save the best for last, right? I'm sorry, so, I'm snapping. Hold yeah, on. sorry, and I'm, I'm sorry I keep getting too close to the mic. This one's like a shotgun mic, and it's right up against my mouth, so every yeah. time I move, I gotta just kind of keep it straight. Wait, 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 one second of ASMR. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Ready? Okay. Hey, okay, so here's here's the best thing. Uh, your Blu-ray copy of Spider-Man 3. Oh, no. I said you could keep that. Oh. I didn't want it. Um, no, no uh, thank I you. I didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> Fighters, here's bitch. You got it. All right. 
Okay, I'll just put it on my desk, so I guess that means I'm keeping it. No, it wasn't that bad of a movie, man, but... It was not great. But segueing into The Joker, what a difference. What a great fucking comic book movie. Not even comic book movie. I mean, this kind of transcends. So, real quick, um, you know, Joker has pretty much left theaters at this point. It's been a minute. We watched it probably the last one or two weeks. It was still out there. Yeah. And we saw it at like a very, like only two showings in the entire day type deal. So if we spoil anything for you and you're upset about it, well, fuck off. Yeah, that's your own fucking fault. It's, uh, no one cares. <laughs> yeah, the movie's been out for so long. And, no one cares. Like, I can't believe that there are some people who actually sit through like an entire like review or something like that. And at the very end, they're like, oh, oh I can't believe they spoiled it. It's like, first of all, no shit. It's a fuck. It's in the title. It's right Second there. of all, yeah. we just gave disclosure. But, you know, people will bitch. So, whatever. Okay. So, if you guys don't, if you guys haven't seen the movie and want to know particular details not spoiled, then, yeah, just turn off this episode and go to one of our other ones, like our Halloween special. Yeah. Sponsored uh, by Google. This episode is brought to you by Google. Just kidding. Just kidding. So, yeah, I finally got just, I was looking at movies and stuff, and I finally got sick of the fact that you hadn't watched it. So, I hit you up. Seeing if you wanted to go yes, watch it. Yes, yes. And I don't, I don't, at first I was kind of like, mm, but then I realized the next day, what, what day did we see it on a Friday? No. Saturday morning. We saw it like Saturday morning, like the first showing Saturday or Sunday morning. We were going to see it Friday night originally, but I ended up, uh, ended up having to work Fucking late. me over. Yeah. yeah. I think I had to work like till 6.30 or 6.45. <sighs> okay. So here's the thing with that real quick. We have an hour to spend on this so we can talk about shit. We're gonna, yeah. We can segue for a moment. You are a fucking dickhead. <laughs> Because not only have I told you a thousand times I get off at five every single day and that it takes me 30 minutes to get to your house. So from five to five thirty, I'm usually driving. And I can't see my phone. Not only did you text me, which I've told you before, just give me a call. You texted me like two minutes away from when I, I you texted me when I was outside your house, essentially yeah, saying you can't do it. I'm and sorry. I walked in the door and you're like, oh, no, we can't do it. And I'm just like, well, I guess I'll just bend over and fuck myself. I'm sorry, man. I'm really sorry. I just, I just want you to understand, you know, had you texted me at like five o'clock, I would have been a little less. I thought I texted you at four, four fifty nine. Dude, I, hold on. No, no, no. I fucking texted you at four fifty nine saying, let's do six. It's four fifty eight. Come through at six. Richie's stopping by for a few things. Don't want any distractions. What? Four fifty, four fifty six. No, no, that one was fine. Cause I, or I saw your text, but that was fine. I'm talking about when we saw Joker. Oh, when we saw Joker. That's right. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about today. By the way, if I took a shot every single time you rescheduled us doing a podcast, I, I would be drunk as shit. I know. <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, no. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So let's get back on topic here with Joker. So as a quick disclosure, before we start getting into the details of it, I love the movie as both a movie-going person who enjoys movies and loves movies, and also as someone who likes comics, and Batman and Joker are my favorite hero and villain, retrospectively. I like the movie because I've studied film and... From Todd Howard, not Todd Howard, Todd, Todd Phillips. Phillips. Todd Phillips, I could tell. You know, he has a very distinct directing style. Uh, movie like War Dogs is really good. Get, you, it shows that he can take the, you know, the serious side of film well. And I was really excited to see uh, something that wasn't Zack Snyder. Yeah, and he did a wonderful job paying homage to Martin Scorsese. That's why I kind of mentioned it before. Because it is, ba- you know, it does take a lot of inspiration from The Last Comedian. Yeah. Oh no, no, the King of Comedy the with King Robert of Comedy. De Niro. Yeah, which, which is, is why Robert De Niro is kind of in the, it's in a weird like a, kind of an homage in r- a way. Right, and 
I think it did an excellent job paying a nice homage to it. I think it was really well thought out and that you could really show the effort that was used from Todd Phillips and the rest of the cast trying to push to get the vision they want. Yeah. And really push for the rating, really push for scene direction and how serious everyone really needed to take production on that movie. That movie's crazy, man. Yeah. And I think I, about it often. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was actually thinking today that I'm actually grateful that justice league suicide squad, uh, Batman vs Superman, or probably not Batman vs Superman, because that made financial money. But I'm glad those movies were so bad, because it put, I believe that put Warner Brothers in the predicament of we need to do something. So allowed them to be more open to the idea of you know a solo Joker movie with no Batman that's more serious that doesn't really have anything to do with the comics other than just kind of the essence of yeah. the character. So I think I think it nailed it. Yeah, so it I fucking nailed. It. I think the fact that they failed brought them this much success. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think with Joker alone, they made up the difference from what probably wasn't made for Justice League. I think, yeah. they, I think they all met their numbers but, for each movie, but... but No, no, no. I totally agree. I think... I, I totally agree. And uh, the, stylistically, like, that wouldn't have been possible. It wouldn't have been possible to take it in this really dark, really gritty, really, like, down-to-earth kind of, you know, direction if it wasn't for the goofy movies that came before it. I mean, it's the right. whole idea of, you know, what it could have, should have, but... You know, we're here. <laughs> right. This right. is what we got to work with. And I feel like that, you know, given the condition that Warner Brothers was in when it was kind of put into, you know, Todd Phillips's lap and they said, you know, you only have a $15 million budget, the same budget as Good Boys. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you, you're expected to make a top, you know, a triple A, A rating fucking blockbuster with a $15 million budget. That's like handing someone slice of bread and say you know you know go on a week-long trip in saskatchewan and have fun yeah. buddy have fun like here's a piece of bread now sell it again for a million dollars yeah really really you know just go hike in the hike in the woods with just this little tiny bag of peanuts you'll be fine yeah. three weeks yeah and what i love about the movie so much <laughs> is that although it is its own very original story it does take a lot from the comic because the joker's origin is most uh talked about and saw through through the killing joke in that comic, he is a comedi- a failed comedian. The difference in that one is he has a wife and kid. Or did he have... I'm pretty sure he had a kid. I think it was like an infant child. Is this the one that's like an alternate <clears throat> timeline with... Uh, um, spoilers for the killing joke, but is this one with the alternate timeline for Bruce Wayne dies? No, that's and, Flashpoint. Okay, that's Flashpoint. I, I've talked to you about that before, but no, this yeah, is... That crazy. This, it, you know, it's been written back... You know, DC has written back and forth so many things, same as Marvel, where it's like, oh, these people died, then Infinite Crisis or something happens to restore everyone, yada, yada, yada. This is just a tale of Batman type deal. Um, It is actually, no, it is actually canon, because what happens is, in the comic, he shoots and paralyzes Batgirl. He shoots her through the fucking stomach, and then she's paralyzed and is in a wheelchair for many years of the comics. She goes by the alias Oracle, and uh, so that is canon. Damn. But what happens in the comic is they talk about the or- origin of the Joker. He was a failed comedian. He was trying to make money for his family. Eventually, a whole bunch of crime guys came up to him and said, Hey, we have a job for you. We need you to pretend to be this illustrious uh, bad guy called the Red Hood. Oh, wow. Okay. So they put like a red mask over him. And he just he has nothing to do with crime at this point. He just kind of plays the part to make it seem... Some of them, you, I'm sorry, I'm losing train of thought here. 
essentially they use him as a patsy. So the okay. cops will go after him. him instead of, yeah, they'll focus on him instead of the people actually doing the crime. Right. So, they're, sure. so they're trying to rob a chemical plant. And then that's when Batman shows up. He goes after the Red Hood. Dead Red Hood trips, falls, and burns, and then becomes the Joker. So he, the comic is pretty much building up all this bad shit that happened to him. And then once he gets the facial scars, or like his face goes white, right? he completely snaps and loses it. He has a bad day, which is one of the Joker's biggest yeah. lines in any comic or anything. Right. And so with that said... The movie's pretty similar. Yeah, it is. I, You know, I was, I was saying, like, I'm pretty sure that they dropped the line in the movie at some point. I'm having a bad day. I'm just having a bad day. I've had a bad day. And that mm-hmm. is, That's he says that when he's in the apartment with the girl, and it's when he walks back to his apartment That's that, right. That's that right. it starts to, you know, pain himself. So, right, right, right. So as a comic book nerd, when I heard that line, I got fucking, I got goosebumps right now, honestly, for a minute. That's really cool. I never caught up on that. Like, that's that's definitely a little tidbit that I had no clue on. The comic is very good. I would not watch animated movie. They did a shit job doing it. Even, I, I've seen the animated movie. Uh, no, I have the comic. I, I want you to borrow it, read it. It's not that long. Yeah, sure. And rewatch Joker, and you can really appreciate a lot of the nods. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that the movie did so well, you know, to me. It really did touch on a lot. The It took me a while to soak it in. And really, mm-hmm. like, the grotesque violence was almost needed to really become almost like a flashback sort of movie where I think about it often. Like mm-hmm. I'll see that scene in the apartment with the guy who gave him the gun. Never look at scissors again. No. Yeah, really. Way. I mean, it was really grotesque, man. Like thinking about it, it's like, damn, that was actually really well done. You know, enough practical that it was fucking weird and gross, but you know, on the edge of still being like, well, you could tell it's a movie, but it's, it's so, I think the, the subject matter is really what touches me on it more so than anything else. Can you we, know? can we talk about how refreshing it is to see a movie, any movie it, that, Uses so little CGI. Yeah, no, really, really, and that's a big reason why I like the Mandalorian so much. But that's a little. That's well, a little I mean, for it's, time. it's CGI, but it's good CGI. It's but there's more puppets than not, man. Well, I mean, we're talking about. Okay, we do want to talk about the Mandalorian. Yeah, another that's time. Pro- that's another probably time. gonna be one of our shorter episodes, or maybe longer. Um, yeah, no, yeah, no. I think a longer one for me, definitely. I could definitely talk about it for. A I minute. could, so, I could talk about that show for a good long while. So next Friday, maybe mm. Mandalorian, or maybe we'll just wait till the whole season's over. Yeah, um, we'll be more than half. We'll be one episode away from a half point. So yeah, maybe we should just wait till this. Guys, let us know. Yeah, DM us, know. DM us at the empty glass, or yeah, send us a. Send us a kiss here on the comments and Apple Podcast and tell us what you think we should talk about. We were doing so well until... No. Okay, hold on, Let's hold get on. back on track. Let's get back on track. Yeah. But what I, what I was really talking about was, you know, just the subject matter really gets to me because you really feel like anybody at that point could could do that. You know, somebody who's really mentally ill could really snap that way if, if put, in under, put under enough pressure. And not only that, but of course, like the societal depression around him as well it's not just him and it's never just one single thing it's a thousand things that build up to the big thing and i think the movie did just a fucking excellent job of making that clear right and i think um a lot of people i've talked to who've seen the movie are like oh he's down because the healthcare system because of politics because economical economic no it's um, not just that though but that's Oh, this is what that's I was, just like an over. It's like an, it's like a cloud over the over the rain. You well, know? that's what I was telling you when we watched it. It's not just the one. It's all of it. Yeah, all that's of why that, I needed to let it marinate. Really, you yeah. Know? All these things are in our lives, whether we want it to be or not. Like all this stuff builds up and can crush anyone if there's enough weight to it. Yeah, and um, I mean, it was really, it was really like I needed to let the movie marinate because, you know, I felt like for one, it's good for this. 
but two, like it was pretty intense, man. And a it lot was. of scenes, it's fucking intense. Like, that's definitely not an. I, I'd let my kids see Deadpool before I let them see that movie. I think, um, yeah. Well, I think uh, Joker has more of a message to it, or more of a kind of. It is. I would consider this movie art. I yeah. would consider it has a message to it. It has effort put into it. You know, when it comes to seeing kids that, that watch radar movies, I don't think they'll be old enough to understand Joker to its yeah. full complexity, um, which can lead to what a lot of people our age do, no matter what or older, where idolizing becomes a thing for the wrong characters. You definitely don't want to idolize Joaquin Phoenix Joker. He's a twisted character. No. He's not mentally well. That's right. And is, feels completely abandoned by society as a whole. Yeah, at no point did I really feel super connected with him. I was it was kind of like really watching a person downward down I mean in some scenes for sure, for sure. In in some situations, yes, but Well, like a um, lot of things I It did it did remind me of friends and family that I've had with mental health issues. That's what it kind of like yeah. reminded me of in times and I was like, "Damn, that's really crazy." Well, I mean, um it reminded me of a lot of things, but just kind of dialed up to a full 10 where like in aspects where he's talking about feeling you know like no one's listening to him or feel like people aren't real with him and stuff like that you know i feel like everyone has that situation even the point where he's kind of like dancing in his apartment he's like he thinks he's such a good dancer it's like i don't know you never had that mentality of like man i'm probably really good at this but in reality you suck yeah absolutely yeah no i've definitely like i said there was moments where i definitely connected with him but yeah, yeah. other times where he was really on the on the crazy end of the fence i guess on the snapping point on the breaking point it's really where, you know, it's like, damn, you know, this is real. This could really happen to someone. You know, this is yeah. felt. It felt the most seated in reality type comic book movie I've ever seen. I've seen so many different comic book movies. I mean, I was there at the freaking break of it. You know, Spider Man One, watching that in the theaters and going from there, and seeing Marvel and DC go crazy. Yeah, and and, and build up these big fucking blockbusters, only to have them all kind of fall in their own way. Uh, in, in in different ways, but in, in their own way, all of them kind of fade into obscurity. This is not a movie that I think will ever fade into obscurity for me. No. Even it, if they make a sequel, I don't think I'll ever pay attention to it. This this movie, I, I really don't think they should go there. And I think recently, real quick like tidbit, um, Todd Phillips came out and, and totally denied all of the rumors of A Joker 2. Uh, hold on. Let me scratch that because there was actually a thing that came out today. Oh, shit. Where he said that he and Joaquin had talked about it. Like, it's... It's been it, discussed. Well, right. Because when you make this type of movie, especially a superhero movie, people are always like, okay, what's coming next? Especially, I mean, for me personally, I'm okay with it saying a single movie. But I'm interested to see what would happen if they kept the same level of, you know... Um, what's the word like grunginess? The, the, right, right, like, right. Yeah, the dark same, grittiness, grittiness. Yeah, the grittiness. If they kept like the grittiness, they kept the theme the same and everything like that. But maybe involve Batman to the sense that like you're still focused on Joker and his progression through this world, but then you see Batman as an entity or something people talk about. You never see him as a person show up. He's like, more of like an icon or right. like a shadow, like because that's what he is, really, to crime and to right. And there's so there's some uh, comics out there where they focus on that, and it's really interesting. Cool. I think I think a Joker in a Batman universe that's really dark can work really well. Um, there's a really good comic based on it that's really fucked up. I, I forgot the name of it, but I have to check it out. The Joker. Well, I don't know, man. The artwork in that is really fucking disturbing. Is it the like the super gory one? Joker, like I think 
kills a kid and i think, whoa damn yeah, holy it's, fuck it's, it's like nc-17 shit like nice nice but i'm interesting i'm interested to see something like that like hit see him fall deeper into madness to what, that even like even crazier point right and i would like to see his psyche with batman on the scene because you know the in this movie they made a big point that joker likes being seen he finally feels like he's being seen and heard and then you have this counter figure that's seen by the public and seen by criminals as a hero and the joker kind of sees himself as a hero in this type of uh in the world that todd phillips has created so i would be interested to see how he gets twisted or how he sees things yeah that would be an interesting take on it for sure there's definitely an an interesting possibility to happen i don't know if i would want to happen i don't know if it'd be executed super well but it's definitely a possibility that i would not be against i would not be against it either uh but at the end of the day you know, part of me does kind of worry about Joaquin Phoenix and his health because it's a hard it's a hard role to take on. And you saw how much fucking weight he lost just to yeah, play I mean, Arthur. So he, he gained it back immediately. But that's doing jumper shit with your body is really dangerous. It's pretty bad. Yeah. You know, back and forth, back and forth. It's really bad for your heart to bring but, up a shittier so, joker. So thank you. Right. Well, thank you, Joaquin, for for uh, for working really hard on that movie and everyone who worked yeah. on that movie. That's been one of the coolest. I mean, I can't I can't even go into detail enough i maybe we should we got a lot of time to go still we're only at the quarter point yeah or i guess we're at the one third point we have time we have time we have time we have time enjoy it we do hey i really don't know but it's interaction you there eating that bagel i hope you're enjoying it but more importantly i hope you're enjoying the into class podcast that's right please join us on apple podcast leave us a comment rate us five stars Rate us, uh, rate us six stars. Literally, rate us fucking anything and just tell us why. If you want to give us one star, it's fine. fine. Just tell us why. If yes. it's like, I don't find these guys funny after listening to them for 40 minutes. Well, thank you for listening yeah. for that long. But also, why would you listen to someone you hate for that long? Yeah. I mean, isn't that kind of like... Um, Counterintuitive. I guess it's, it's one of those things that's like, so it's so bad you can't look away, you know? Yeah. Hey. Hey. We're the so bad you can't look away guys. That's right. And make sure to follow us at the empty glass pod, at the empty glass, at the empty glass on instagram you already plugged that at the very beginning yeah well i mean it's just the best place to like talk to us right okay so moving on uh what were we saying i was going to talk about uh interactions with people i'm not going to smack like that again i'm sorry we're getting used to, i'm getting used to these mics they're just not nearly as as like dense yeah the best slash worst part the best <laughs> slash worst part of these mics and headphones setup is that we can hear our own disgusting shit yeah, we can hear our own disgusting shit, but I feel like we're a lot more clear in our voices than we've ever been. Yeah, I think we sound um, like, like little good. fucking bitches. Like but good. Yeah. Like we sound good, man. We sound good. Let's keep it up, man. No, but anyway, I really did like the... <laughs> You're doing like I, an opportunity like, we sound good, man. We sound good, man. We sound good. Uh, I really did like the interactions that he had with people. Because mm-hmm. uh, he seemed nice. He seemed very nice. I felt bad for him in many places. Like I forgot to turn off my... It's okay. We all make mistakes. It's whatever. I felt bad for him, literally, you know, in some of the some of the points that he was in and. uh, Yeah, you know, in some of the ways that he was treated, like he was treated like dog shit in a lot of opportunity, in a lot of places that he was at. And even when he was trying to work his hardest, you know, what's funny is that um, and that's established from the beginning. I mean, it's like literally the first frame of the movie is him trying to do a job trying to just make an honest living and sign gets stolen yeah sign gets stolen by these fuck-ass kids and uh he basically runs down an alleyway and they jump him and beat the shit out of him oh Uh, probably to one of the best title reveals in a movie that i've seen since 
trying to think what I'd like better. I mean, but I mean the whole intro. I, I haven't had a good intro slash title reveal like that in a long time. But I mean the whole intro itself, like with the music playing, and you find out it's just the guy playing for the Joker. It's not like the I forgot the exact wording for it when there's music in the movie actually happening versus right. it's, a score. It's, well, it's called OTS on tape sound opposed to there's a different word for it where it's it's like someone is playing in the movie next to the joker compared to like in a score being played but there's an actual word for it i can't think of it like cohesive Nah, it's like a c word so wait so uh continuity wasn't that airplane kinetic or something like that i don't know continuity no it's not having anyway um so I mean, it just cuts to him at the very beginning, and someone's playing music, and you're like, oh, this is just kind of the theme. My first impression was this is like the theme of the movie. Like, this is the type of music, like kind of a twisted look on it. Send in the clowns. Right? Yeah. Then, it, Well, then it's uh, taking that as just some guy playing the piano, like some upbeat music for him performing as the clown. And then you find out that's not the score. It's just a guy playing there because when he moves away, the music stops. Oh, that's called an like it's an L cut is is like the technical term for it, where you hear the what you hear and you think it's part of something added on, and then it cuts to it being in reality. It's that's not, called an L cut. No, that's not it. That's not what I'm. That's for. what the technical term is. Right. Okay. So um, let's let's move past that for a second. <laughs> but um, yeah, and. It has the cursive writing for the credits and everything at the beginning. Uh-huh. Like it has a real nice aesthetic to it, and then all of a sudden, just Joker, like bold fucking letters yeah. across the screen. None of that cursive. Like happy go lucky. It's like it's almost like a joke at the very beginning. Yeah. Like, oh ha ha. Nope. Just kidding. Fuck you, Joker. Yeah. Yeah. It really is like they're adding the Warner Brothers like classic type font. Everything yeah. looks almost Disney fied just a little bit. Oh. Um. Do you want to keep talking about characters, or do you want to talk about one of the other aspects of the movies that we both liked? Because this is a good intro to it. Uh, real quick. Um, well, shit. I have more about characters too. I want to talk about. Yeah. This well, is just... Okay. Okay. Well, let's look. 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 I th- the last the last thing I want to I guess just make a point on character development wise in that movie is everyone's like a test to Arthur mm-hmm. in his patience, and it was just interesting to see him essentially decide those guys on the subway were it. I mean, to me, that's the breaking point. And as much as I'll never see scissors the same, I still stand by that. I think the most gruesome death was in the subway scene. Best death. Oh Best yeah. When death. the guys, when the right. guys crawling away, yes. that's a great dude. That's it's... fucked up, but it makes sense. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, what is that? What else is he going to do? Yeah. And, um, I mean the, the short person. What's yes. The short person. Um, I I think it's just kind of, I mean that was a f- uh, like really dark funny scene when yeah what happens is the Joker stabs one of the guys in the throat and it's one of his coworkers or ex coworkers I guess you could say yeah and then there's a small person there who is like screaming and everything like that and the Joker is like okay you can go you were always nice to me and it's like he wasn't even that nice to you I mean he was just not a dick to you right and that's he, the whole point yeah he just like you did okay Arthur but like. More of like, hey, you seem like you're going to shoot at the place. Like, he wasn't overly nice to him or tried to be buddy-buddy with him or anything like never, that. Never, but he, he was concerned and he was never, he never made fun of he him. He just showed the most minimal amount of decency, which no one else shows him in the entire movie. Yes, and and it's like this, it's, that's, yeah. Yeah, even the, the girl next door, um, even before he started hallucinating her, yeah, he hallucinates the girl next door because haven't we all? Yes. And... Um, before he starts doing that, she even just kind of like looks at a mockery when he tries to respond to her joke with the whole finger 
Right, the finger bang in the head. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say finger bang. I'm like, I know how this sounds. But it was uh, it's what it was. Yeah, so it's just, you know, she kind of did that, then he responded, and then she just was like, okay, bye. <laughs> but I think the final test is Murray, and that's that's like hands down probably the best last 15 minutes of the movie that exists because or 10 minutes of the movie that exists well yeah because before he shoots um robert de niro's character he was going to shoot himself in the head i know yeah that's what he had practiced the whole time and 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 you kind of the movie's good at tricking you and i mean it's good at it it's not too subtle it's not too obvious it's good at tricking you you know where you're watching it and you're thinking oh shit well you know, I, and, and the movie's so fucking dark the whole way that, you know, that's not too that's not too far off to what you're expecting to happen. So when he's actually there and he's actually sitting there, he was going to do it to make a point to make this whole stand happen, right? But then Murray became his final test. Murray started testing his patients, started calling him crazy and a lunatic, and... Yeah. You know? Um, it's... And they were almost friends. Maury and, Maury and Arthur behind the scenes before the show starts. You kind of get a moment where, you know, it's a creepiness because you know what, what Joker is planning. Um, and at the time you're thinking it's himself, right? Oh, so yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, it's like this cool evolution. It's a cool turntable. You know, it's like a cool twist. It's, a, it's what a twist. So I think that was a really good point you just made because I was, I was thinking about it right before you said something and then it made me be like, oh, that's it. So I was thinking to myself, what was the turning point? Because from what he had rehearsed in his apartment, right. he had planned to just go in there, tell the joke and shoot himself. That's right. And then all of a sudden when he got on the show, he told a different joke like from his book, one that didn't involve the shooting. Right. So what I'm thinking that happened, which I think you unintentionally answered, was that Murray was nice to him in the back. Made him kind of start to second guess. He got on stage. He started to kind of enjoy himself a bit, maybe maybe just a little bit. Um, and then when he's looking through his book. <laughs> More Mur- than a little bit. But- yeah, when he's looking through his book, uh, Murray is kind of making jokes like, oh, we're all waiting or something like that. And Yeah, you know, well, I, we have all night kind of thing. And So I think that makes that scene even more sad where there was, for the slightest second, a string of hope that he had. I saw that happening. Jesus <laughs> Just Christ. leave right there. I can see it. Okay. Um, there was just a string of hope that he probably could have been saved had he not just started, even so minorly, started bugging him a little bit. Yeah, and, and it's it, and it's scary that there are people out there that literally they are hairpin trigger. They can yeah, be they can change in, a in just a second. Yeah, it doesn't take time at all, man. It's, it's just one quick flip on the of the coin and it's over. Yeah, and you never know what the wrong thing is, and so. I think Murray, uh, even though he wasn't intentionally trying to be like that, it came off, came off that way. Yeah. It came off that way. And that's finally what put Arthur on the tipping scale. And he said, yeah, he said, I can't fucking do this anymore. You know, like that's really it. And then decided, I guess, to become this and and unintentionally become this icon. Oh, you know, in a way. So I totally want to talk about this. So I've always kind of thought, why do henchmen follow the Joker in like comics and movies and stuff like that? I always thought that, um, and then I came to my own realization a few years ago that, like, well, the people think Joker stands for something. He stands for chaos. He stands for anarchy, right? Yeah. Anarchy. He stands for, you know, the poor in this movie. Yeah. Or but, standing up for the right thing. But the right. truth is, is that Joker just is the Joker. He finds things. He, finds to be, he sees the world in his own in it, twisted yeah. eyes that no one else can see. And he finds humor in it. Yeah. Right. So that's what this movie did really well, which I loved, is that I think so too. The, the people that follow him 
think he stands for something when in reality he doesn't stand for it at all. He does his own thing and everyone else just thinks they understand, but they don't. And I think that's what makes the Joker so interesting. And I, like I said, this movie is very different than how the Joker is represented in most things, as well as the story is close to the killing joke, but not fully. Not quite. But it does a terrific (laughs) terrific dog, terrific job capturing the essence of it. It captures the essence of what the Joker is in just so many minor ways it's still very acceptable to people like yourself Stefan yeah. who haven't really read the comics as much as I have no I haven't but sometimes there's a there's a cool aspect of just watching the film play out and in one for once I can say that this is really like well this that, is film worthy this th- is this this is definitely like 50 years from now this would be considered a classic you know it's yeah. it's in that it's definitely in that in that category but do you see now why I was um or I mean that's what I'm saying. I loved the movie as a movie-going fan, but then I also loved the movie as a comic book because you had such a quality film. It yeah. was such a good film on its own. own without it having any kind it of It didn't knowledge. have to do no. all those nods to the comic, but it did. Yeah, but it, very subtly. Well, the thing is, when you know what you're looking for, it's everywhere. Yeah. Which is the great part. Like He goes up to young Bruce Wayne and makes him smile, and that has been one of the biggest goals for the Joker to make the Batman who does not fucking smile, smile. Smile, yeah. 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 And then the the parallel between his death and... I'm sorry, the Joker's birth and Bruce's parents' death was wonderful. I thought that was very Uh, well done. That motherfucker better have been named Joe Chill. Ooh. But... (laughs) Yeah. It was was so good. It was. And even... Even the fact that the movie they were seeing was Zorro, which in the comic is the movie they were watching. They were watching Zorro. Wow, okay, shit. Yeah, so it it was very detailed. So the second I saw Zorro up on those theater signs, I was like... That's really smart. I was like, oh, this is happening. Yeah, that's really smart. Yeah. I it's kind of like the clock tower for Gwen Stacy hitting midnight with, with the Green Goblin. You know, well, it's the, like that's such an iconic part. You know, so when, when people were watching Amazing Spider-Man 2 and they heard the bell, the bell tower ring... I and just, go to, I think it was like 11-11 or 11-1 or 11-3 or something, mm-hmm. which is the comic book number of when it happened, 113 or something. I can't remember if that's exactly it. I, uh, I Some people you. were like, oh, shit, and knew right then, you know? So in, in a way, it's, it's, it's a very subtle nod to the fans. It's just, I mean, I think we all knew that Gwen was going to die in that movie, though. Yeah, definitely. We, I mean, it was a good it movie. Was, it was a good movie, but yeah, I mean, it's a little obvious. Because they, they least, casted Mary Jane, and we all knew about it, even though she never showed up in the movie. Because there's never a third one. Right. Have you seen, real quick tidbit, Spider-Man 4 got a game unreleased like for Spider-Man 4. It was really an early game build for mm-hmm. the movie tie-in game. And apparently, uh, the Vulture apparently was supposed to be the Oh, yeah. They, they talked about that. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I have no clue. What's his name? Wow. Am I seriously working his name? Sam Raimi. There we go. Sam Raimi actually discussed um, what the fourth Spider-Man would have been and are you talking about Webster's one or? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm talking about Sam Raimi. You're right. All right, you kind of hopped. No, you I hopped, had no clue. Yeah, well, you hopped Spider Man's there for a second. Right, right. No, I'm talking about Sam Raimi. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'm talking about that one. I was just saying, just quick little tidbit that the the game, like the guess a pre build of that game. I think what he talked about, game. what he talked about was using Venom for like the fifth movie, not for the third. This is a completely different subject, but I actually do have things to say. I think we may have already discussed it. Or no, we cut know. we cut that episode. Yeah, that's not one that ended. Up. Um, but yeah, it, Venom wasn't supposed to be in the third movie, and you can fucking tell if you cut out all the Venom shit and just focus on Sandman. One, it's a much shorter movie. Second of all, it's a much better movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but uh, all right. But back to Joker. Back to Joker. So 
Um, Actually, what it, what, let's take an empty glass intermission because I got to change batteries on this thing and I got to whiz. Like, we'll be right back. Well, right at the 34 minute mark. Welcome back. Yay, we're back. All right, so to pick up where we left off, um, I was wanting to talk about, and this is when we were talking about the credits at the beginning, something I really loved in this movie, of how out of time it feels. Yeah, really. I mean, there, there's no like specific, by the way, we've adjusted our mics. There's mm-hmm. no specific. <laughs> I just realized how much like less money my voice sounds at this angle. And, and that's why it. I sound more Hispanic. Mm. Buenos noches, mi amigos. No, really, it was hard to pinpoint exactly where this movie was taking place. There were some things in the background, and the cars were kind of telling me 1960s, 1970s. So, the, And uh, some of the technology was telling me the 80s. Yeah, some, you know? some people were saying um, this movie takes place like early 90s, um, like when the movie was first being announced and everything. But it's like, yeah, but... Sometimes they're watching stuff in colored TV. Other times they're watching stuff in black and white. Like Jack Nicholson's show, which is modern um, or supposed to be happening at that current time, is black and white. That's right. But then on that same TV, they have color. I know. It was interesting to see. It, yeah. So it's it really is like all over the place or... Period-wise. Yeah. Period-wise, yeah. And then there was this huge fascination with like Charlie Chaplin and stuff like that. I never... Yeah. And I, I, I kind of picked up on that too. Some of the Buster Keaton... Uh, you know, it was Charlie Chaplin, right? But I mean, it's the same era. Like Buster Keaton started that kind of right. But they were watching skit. Charlie. Right, Chaplin. they were exactly. They particularly were watching Charlie Chaplin, but it made you at times feel like that that was new to them. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, so it'd be that era of comedy being new to them. Mm-hmm. That era, but with all these confusing timepieces all surrounding it. That's what I'm trying to... Right, like, they were watching and laughing at it like it was their first time yeah, That's what I'm saying. That's what yeah, I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, it seemed as if... That was brand new. Yeah, very, very interesting to look it at that. It was cool. I liked it, it. And I think that helps make a movie timeless, is that you don't, you can't pinpoint exactly when it's happening. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just like this, and it also kind of gives it an alternate universe type feeling. Like, this could be somewhere else. So, that's something I loved about Batman the Animated Series. Batman the Animated Series was supposed to be modern times with, like, modern computers, you know, for the 90s. Right. Um, what, but at the same time... existed then? But at the same time, it was a... What's, it's, like, gothic... Um, deco noir type deal yeah yeah kind of like a uh yeah art deco type it's, it's gothic art deco i think is the actual name right, of it right and they everyone was dressed up like they were gangsters from the 40s and then they're driving cars which are from the you know 40s 50s stuff like that so it was one of those it was the same thing where it was at a time and i don't know if that was an homage to it or if um you know todd phillips had actually planned on doing something like that or along the lines of that Damn. Yeah, I, I feel like that maybe it was intentional. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's what I'm saying. You can never, like, also having a 15 million dollar budget kind of limits you to 25. Uh, oh, 25. That's still the same. I, I fucking... just listened to our podcast last when I read the thing. Yeah, it's still 25. like it's five five million dollars more than Good Boys. Um, still, you know, sometimes that might limit you in that in that way. Was that your stomach? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I think that might have been your stomach. Uh, the fucking the fake chickens fighting back, <laughs> but but um, yeah yeah. Oh, sorry, I lost, kind of lost my train of thought there. Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the timelessness of it. Yeah yeah, it's just really it's cool. I mean, it, it could have been budget uh, influenced as well that they couldn't give it like a very specific timepiece, and then they might have thought, mm-hmm. "Fuck it, let's roll with it." Kind of gives it that it's a really eerie type, weird. Kind of gives me Bioshock vibes too, right. futuristic yet old school it, it gives you that sense of 
unnerving feeling. You don't, you can't place exactly where it is. It's, I guess I would compare it more to kind of Uncanny Valley where yeah, totally. you can't pinpoint exactly what it is. And that's it just makes you feel weird. Right. It, it gets you off kilter because the fact that you know what time period you're watching when you're watching a movie or something like that makes you feel more comfortable compared to why do they have this? It's yeah, older it's... like than it should be or it just makes you overthink things and then it just gets you in the right state of mind for the movie. I feel like it does the same exact thing to me. I just felt and, and the music too is really well done. And the music oh, was, the, the I music loved the excellent. score. Just the, like and it eventually uh, Right, right. Well it eventually kind of full blossoms into a theme later on, but the, it does start. Oh, and um not to mention the song choices in the movie. I forgot the name of the song and I also forgot it, but it's like a really pop Oh no. The bang. Yeah, yeah. Bang, when he, like when he's going stairs. stairs, yeah. Yeah, that's very nineties. And then at the same time they're singing fucking Sinatra on the subway. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's so weird. It is so weird. And like those guys are dressed up like they're from like modern times. Yeah, yeah. Some people were and some people weren't. Some people were wearing like the 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 coat you know the 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 jackets from the time and the slick suits some of the some of the women were wearing like the dresses that you would wear in the 1960s the 1950s right like 1930s it, even there was like somewhat of a 30s vibe in there i got right um, like typically modern times like when guys wear suits or the type of people the joker kills it's very tight like the way they wear it when older the further back you go the more baggier broad, suits. yeah broader broader shoulders uh everything yeah. kind of the suit kind of wears you a little bit so their suits were very modern and it was very very cool like i said we just keep gushing about this movie man we absolutely loved it and there's yeah, just but so I, much to appreciate. I guess i mean more like on murray's show murray his suit in particular was very that that corduroy suit that corduroy it was fitting like, but it was very like 90s 80s that was more like 70s i would say like like yeah. early like johnny carson well, type I mean, looking his uh, whole uniform. set was 70s with like that rainbow yeah. background it, it looked very like, like johnny carson mm-hmm. the tonight show uh kind of vibe and so and, and even even um joker suits very very 70s yeah that red and white co- color combination yellow Oh yeah, red and yellow color combination. It's a it's an Italian suit, so it is a little more slim, like slim fitting. I think that's when Italian suits started really kind of coming out with the, mm-hmm. I guess the way his cuffs come down on the on the fucking pants. I, just, I don't know. Just in the, his whole composition, like the way once he finally got into full Joker uniform and outfit and makeup, it's he really did feel like time period specific, but still in that. This is interesting because I don't know where the fuck I am. I'm, <laughs> you're I'm, like, you're tripping on peyote watching this movie. Where the <laughs> fuck am I? And I'm very interested to see where the color combination for the Joker suit that, you know, red and yellow, where that came from. I feel like that may have been a nod towards the comics um, or some obscure comic or maybe even a famous comic. I just can't pinpoint it. Yeah, because you're always going with the green and the green blue and, purple. and the purple. God right? damn it, you're colorblind. <laughs> Must be. But no, yeah, it, that's the very iconic image for the Joker. And we can see we got his face paint mask from the mask that other people were wearing protesting. Right. But I'm curious to see where the choice to go red and yellow was. To see the real inspiration. Maybe because Robert Nero wears like a red suit and the comedy i keep forgetting the name maybe of it. so yeah that, maybe that might be maybe mcdonald's I, maybe ronald mcdonald i don't know i i <laughs> i feel like there's something more to it you know there was oh no, yeah totally there's there a specific reason to not follow what the character looks like in comics which i have no problem with he did a great job no matter what 
But I'm just, I would like, I would love to watch the behind the scenes of this movie when it comes out. I want to buy it on a collector's edition. I want to watch the behind the scenes and really kind of dish it out. Yeah, figure out exactly what went into making this thing happen. Yeah, and before someone says like, oh, you can look that up on IMDb. IMDb is not always accurate with their information because users can put it in and users can be wrong. I would like to hear it directly from the writer and the director if possible. That's why I like watching behind the scenes. Exactly. So like when this movie comes out, we'll watch behind the scenes. I'm so down, man. I want my dad to see it. And I definitely don't, you know, like I really felt like he should have come with us, but I definitely don't feel like that he would maybe get into the right mindset of it seeing in the theater. You know, it's just one of those movies that I feel like for the like older, sorry, older people, like, you know, our parents' generation and things that they would maybe miss the point a little bit. So a lot of um, a lot of what I've been hearing from people who didn't enjoy the movie is they had their own expectations set up. I know I talked to you about this a little bit, but I'm totally. going to talk about this with everyone else. Right. Yeah, of course. They had their own expectations over the movie. They're like, they hear the Joker and they're like, oh, it's, a, you know, it's the Joker. It's you know, Joker, it's right, Batman. Right, ha, ha. Right. Oh, it's by the guy who did the hangover. Like they get their own expectations in their minds without watching a single trailer without reading any short synopsis, synopsis or anything. Ooh, Jinx, you owe me a coat. Fuck you. I bought you a root beer. That's right. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, they get their own expectations in their minds, and then when they watch it, they just... It's so diverted from what they thought that they just end up not liking it, which I hate when that happens. <laughs> because it's just like... You- I hate it, too. I hate it, too. And it happens a lot, man. Like... Uh- we live in a day and age where like Hollywood cannot help but give away the tone of every single movie they're going to release in their trailers or yeah. even in the first few minutes of it. So I usually like to go into movies with no expectations except for the new Star Wars. I expect that movie's going to suck and I probably will. Uh, yep. Um, where, but then like I'll go. I'll give it a fair chance, but I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I uh, go blank slate for most things. Sometimes I'll have expectations, but if anything, I go with low expectations, so I can't help but be impressed by the most menial shit. Yeah. Like Hobbs and Shaw, I had the lowest expectations, and I ended up enjoying Loving the it. movie. Mm-hmm. I, 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 Jojo Rabbit, like, I, I went in there with no expectations. What the fuck? You saw Jojo I'd the Rabbit? I watched Jojo Rabbit. It's what? Just, yeah, Jojo. What? Yes. Why didn't you invite me? I just watched it by myself, like on my phone the other night. I fucking rented it. We can oh. watch it. We can watch it anytime. Oh, it's out. Yeah, it's out. Like, fuck, I want to see it in theaters. Voodoo, uh, voodoo, man. Yeah, I, I, are they still screening it? I thought they were, but fuck, I guess let's go see it if they are, bro. I'm down, dude. I really, I saw the trailer movie. and I'm like, I want to see the. If fuck they have it at this. the Galaxy. That'd be pretty lit. I'd be down. Uh, we'll check it out. We'll see you this weekend. Uh, what's going on? Or actually, well, we'll talk more about this later. Um, <laughs> so another thing I love from Joker. Yes. This is the things I love because I really can't think of anything bad. I it has such a specific tone and thought process put I through. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything bad really. Yeah, like even if it's like I didn't enjoy this scene, the director did a good job of showing his vision for what he wanted, so I can't help but enjoy I it. I feel like Arthur in front of the social worker, I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, all that was I can't think yeah, I can't think of anything really. Yeah. I don't feel this, anything this is... on that end. Uh, it's 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 been a long time since I've been impressed with Hollywood and we've already got two things this year that have just blown me out of the water, Mandalorian and Joker. Not in that order. Probably Joker first before Mandalorian. Mandalorian's really special and cool in its own I mean, way. let's take spoilers cuz we said we we're going to talk about this next week. We both love The Mandalorian. Yeah, um, love I it. personally feel like it's the best Star Wars thing to come out since probably episode three, if not episode five. Yeah, like, like really, really. 
if you're not a fan of prequels, which I get. If you're not a fan of Star Wars at all, just still watch the show. It's cool. It's a great show. You'll get a good grasp of what's going on without knowing anything about Star Wars. Yeah, so um, we don't want to spoil too much. Unfortunately, Baby Yoda has been fucking done to death, and everyone knows about him. Everyone knows. Um, But we don't want to spoil more than that. So if you'd like to hear our episode later on it, I really suggest that you keep up with it. You know what's happening and come with expectations that we're going to spoil the shit of it because we're going to talk about it once extensively we, yeah, yeah once we get the okay to talk about it from our producer who doesn't actually exist it's just us two <clears throat> then we're gonna be talking the shit out of it like we're doing the joker that's right with you know some deviations in between that's right uh but anyway back to the joker the I, thing you really liked about it you really loved about it yeah that's just my it's just a phone fucking vibrating bro it's all it is bro well yeah i'm getting fucking blown up over here too yep 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 um, there was there's something I wanted to say about Joker. It was my most Oh, 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 oh. My absolute favorite thing in the movie. So this is where being a fan of the comic kicks in again. Um when he's laughing at the very end of the movie. So let's talk about this shit, because this is where you question the whole movie as a as a whole, which is I fucking love it. In the killing joke, to go back to that, when the Batman when Bat- the Batman, when Batman confronts the Joker about his past, the Joker and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna know the line quote for quote, but he essentially says, "Given the, tr- God damn it, just leave it there, dude. Okay, I can see I, it. Uh, can you really? I can see it too. I so can, I'm tall, dude. I said tall. I see it. Forty-seven, right there. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, in in the comic, what he says to the or he asks the Joker about his past, and the Joker says along the lines, "Given the choice of." You know, what is actually my background? What is my history? I like it to be multiple options, multiple multiple choice. choice. I like it to be multiple choice. Yeah. So that is amazing because in the comic, it distilled that, you know, maybe what you read wasn't fully accurate. And that is exactly Exactly. what they do in the movie. It is. is. Because when he's laughing to the psychiatrist for a long time, and I knew he was going to, I was fucking waiting for it. I'm like, he's going to say, you just don't get it. I get it. Or I hope I get it. I hope that's. Yeah. I get like, God damn it. Fuck. It was so good. And it was such a perfect line. And then it just makes you think like it's, it's really, um, it's open-ended. It's, it's open-ended in in the best way it could be. Right. So he's in case you can't very character accurate and worthy for a final line. I completely agree. If you haven't seen it, you don't know what we're talking about or you didn't think of it this way. And it's okay. We're here to explain it for you. This is why we're here. That's right. Um, he says you don't get it. So it establishes the fact that he's talking to the psychiatrist. You can assume it's very likely, you know, not not for sure, but it's assumed that he's been telling this whole story to the psychiatrist. So you have a mentally unstable person telling a story. How accurate can that be? How much of that is true? It makes Yes, you never know. You, you already know. know he imagines his girlfriend um, in the movie. Like how much of this shit was real? How much of it wasn't? Like, is it more accurate to the character background in Batman? Is it more accurate? To where just... we, where do we stand on the character? Side exactly, of and that what's that's what makes it so fucking good. I love how ambiguous the movie is, and how it. I'm so fucking tired of movies <laughs> always trying to hold your hand through bullshit. I'm gonna go on a rant, another episode about the new Pokemon as a 25 year old. I'm gonna bitch about Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for that. Of how it's such a hand holding piece of garbage. <laughs> And this movie does not treat you like a child. It does not hold your no, hand. No. Uh, the no. only thing I was slightly upset about Joker, and it has nothing to do with the movie, was Todd Phillips came out and said that um, Arthur did not kill the girl and her daughter. 
um, once he left the apartment. Because there was a part where the Joker goes to what he thinks is his girlfriend's apartment. That's right. Um, it's then revealed that he's been imagining their dates, and she knows him as the neighbor, but is terrified that he's in her apartment. Yeah, she's very visibly and audibly uncomfortable that he's there. Yeah, so it then cuts to outside the apartment. Joker walks out, some real fucking heavy music. This is when the score is probably at its max peak of just intensity. 100%, yeah. And you have no idea if he killed her or not. And then Todd Phillips made a comment saying... He no, didn't. yeah, which I I disagree I with. Uh, yeah, like don't just it's J.K. Rowling out. Your I'm movie. I'm just gonna say maybe Warner Brothers told him. I love you, just, J.K. Rowling. Nothing against you. Oh but no, but you wrote it a certain way, and you described your characters. You can't backpedal. Right. And, Sorry. And um, it. Oh, fuck, man, stop going off topic. <laughs> I know I'm guilty of it too, but you really threw me off there. Oh, no. So what I was going to say is um, I'm thinking maybe Warner Brothers told him to say that. I don't know if Warner Brothers was, mm, was yeah. too ready to be associated with kid killing. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Maybe yeah, maybe that so was. Maybe, maybe that was the line that they had in that yeah. entire movie, which they crossed a fair amount of it. Um, crossed a fair amount of lines in that film. Yeah, but I think sure that did. may have been the final one. But I like to think of it as the art has left the artist at this point. So it's up to our interpretation. And I think it's darker to assume that he did it. Yeah, (laughs) I think so too. I wouldn't put it past him at that point. That was really the turning point for his character, at least into the delusional aspect. Um, Yeah, I think at that point, though, he kind of... Full send. Yeah, I think at that point, he. it's, it's almost as he surpassed... The delusional of like seeing things in the real world because the the Joker doesn't really see things in the, in the real world. He just, he just kind of takes it all at face value. He sees it it's all at face value. He well, he see, just sees it differently. So I think at that point is when he fully descended into the madness. Like right. he, it wasn't any longer he sees people that aren't really there. It's the entire world is mad to him. Yeah. So I think that he lost his faith in humanity, kind of in that point. I I just. Mm. I mean, that's all of us at some point in our I don't, lives. But, I, uh, I don't want to put it. Yeah, <laughs> but it kind of felt. It kind of feels that way. It kind of feels like, um, yeah, that's when he when he really realizes that the, everyone's against him, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been treated like dog shit for his whole life. Do you want to talk about? So uh, don't treat your don't 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 treat don't treat the guy who seems a little crazy bad. Yeah, in the words of the great and knowledgeable philosopher Dane Cook. You want to give a Snickers bar to that weird guy at the office, so that way when he shoots at the place, he'll be like. Hey, you bought me a Snickers. Thanks for the Snickers. Yeah. That, that's literally one of five Dane, yeah. Dane Cook shows I remember. Yeah, well, some of them are good. Um, do you want to talk about the other ambiguous thing? We have what was a the other ambiguous? What was that? With Thomas Wayne. Whether he was actually... Fuck you, you want me to just say it? Yeah, whether, whether he was actually what? So the other ambiguous thing that the movie introduced <laughs> is that Thomas Sorry. Wayne may have actually been Arthur's father. Oh and right, that, right, right. That whole that whole subplot. Yeah, and that sure. Bruce Wayne may have been his brother. Yeah, but I think that kind of was a cool way. I mean, up to audience interpretation for sure. Who's to say that he wasn't Arthur's father? Um, but I think that that was more of an interesting way to break down the psyche, and that this is hereditary. You know, that the that the mental illness is hereditary. Well, he was adopted the, if it was that way, so it wouldn't r- have been hereditary. 
It would have been right. Just, it just would have been well hereditary in the sense that I think no matter just familial, like a familial right, thing, yeah. right? Yeah, no matter it, you're, no matter if you're raised by wolves. Oh, you're you'll learn familiar, how to be like them. Your familial so, environment. There you go, familial environment. You know, people get raised by wolves and act like them. So yeah. there you go. I mean, it's just it's you. You are what your parents are. Really, at the end of the day, it's really no bad student. There's a really bad teachers though. Yeah, and I think that's kind of that the the point it was trying to drive home at that very moment. But well, who's to say? You don't know. He well, could be his daddy. The thing is, as a comic book fan, I'm like, he's not his dad. It's yeah, Tom I'm not. Is I, not I, his he's dad. not. But I think if you're going for, if you see, what I love about it is you can see the movie in different ways. Yeah, if you, you can. like to see this movie as an um, economical movie, then it is a rich person who is so powerful and just has his hands and everything that he can fuck with a poor person by making it seem like his mom adopted him and he is actually his father. It, that is a creepy thing to think of. of yeah, someone it could being, also be very yeah, dark in the aspect that th- that's he's almost, trying to twist the mentality of... Yeah, but that he's so worried about his image being broken running from air that he has completely ruined this man's life by making him think that his mother adopted him, making him kill his mother. Like, if you think of it that way, it is another story that is completely creepy it is very creepy which this movie what okay so to kind of deviate real quick because we have a few minutes left one of my favorite movies of all time is 12 angry men the reason why is because each time i watch it i see it a different way i think of it as a different way of like oh okay each of these people can are part of the human mind and what we all have personality wise within ourselves and it's all kind of debating when we come to a life-changing decision it's you know this or that like i look at it different every time the same could be done with Joker. If you it watch it like yeah. an... It totally could be. You can watch it like a comic movie. You can watch it as like a Martin Scorsese movie. And you can watch it like an economical movie. And those are just the three main topics we talked about. There's possibly way more options to look at it from. That's right. That's right. And that's when you realize that it's a fucking quality movie. Um, <laughs> when you can spend an hour on it and not even have it feel like that at all. Yeah. I know the Oscars are pretty much garbage at this point. Um, yeah, but, but it definitely they should, deserves one. It deserves recommend it deserves something like yeah at least a, God at least damn a nomination this makes me even more pissed off that black panther even got a nomination oh and it won in in some departments it did not win it, you you're shut the fuck up didn't it, did it win best soundtrack oh i mean fucking suicide squad won best soundtrack who gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> and that had brandon fucking yuri singing uh bohemian rhapsody Oh my god, dude! Yeah, I heard that song and it's disgraceful. I love Panic at the Disco or their old shit, but it sounds so bad. And uh, yeah, dude, fucking the fact that Black Panther got nominated and then you look at Joker, it's almost laughable. The yeah. difference, difference in quality. In quality yeah. Now I think Ludwig has come a long way doing Mando. Uh, it's very, very different. It's a great score. Um. What the? F- you just went completely off topic. You're but like, no, no, I'm no, I'm still on it. What I'm saying is, I like Ludwig Gorson. He's the he's the composer of Black Panther. I think he did a really good job on the Mandalorian. Uh, but this movie definitely has a build up to the piece that's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. It flowers and it grows orchestrally as the character grows and changes. So does the piece, and I think that's what was the most. Shut the part. fuck up. It's true. No, no, no. Did it win? Okay, so it won three Oscars. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Hold on. Sure. So best achievement in music written for motion pictures, um, which honestly, for that year, you know, even if he's a good 
right or anything. I just remember fucking modern songs. I don't remember any score for that yeah, movie. Yeah, there is a score, and it's an interesting little piece. But... Um, best achievement in costume design. That one I kind of understand. Not so much for the Black Panther suit because it's minimal as fuck, but like all the other costumes that people yeah, wear in nice. the movie. Yeah, very cool. Like the one guy who's like his right hand man with the <clears throat> fur and leather. Yeah, that was really cool. He, his outfit's sick. Yeah, it I looked like nice. It, it looked nice. Um, and then best achievement in production design. What the fuck are these? Um, what the fuck are these actual Oscars they're giving out? I don't these know. These are new, right? Production yeah, design? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... It's weird, right? Oscars are a fucking joke, people. Just like movies for yourself, okay? <laughs> I, I, for one, can't really stand Oscar movies. The ones that are super baity and everything like that. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, no, The Oscars have changed. Definitely. It used to The Oscars used to hold a, a definite... Uh, you know, like you had to definitely go over a threshold for the movie to be considered, even considered. And nowadays I feel like it's uh, just all marketing ploy. Right. But not only have the Oscars changed, but the Oscars have changed movies. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like, it doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just like, it doesn't hold the same statue that it used to hold. Like the statute that it used to hold was so high, you know? Oh yeah. Like, now, now actors don't even give a shit. Like fucking no. Leonardo DiCaprio barely gave a shit. The internet gave a shit that he the internet gave a shit because I mean, it was a long time coming. Yeah. But I think with that, um, we are officially done talking about the Joker mm-hmm. unless you had any other topics. I love the, the movie. Watch the movie, guys. Watch the movie. Fucking support this shit. Um, fucking buy it on Blu-ray. Don't demand a sequel. You know, I, for don't. the five people that are listening, don't demand it. If they want to make a sequel, <laughs> if they feel like it's right, if they have the They'll right... They'll do it. They'll do it. Right script for it, they will do it. They will make it happen. Um, I fully support Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, oh, and just a quick little bit from when i was talking about earlier when they were talking about the sequel he's asking to see, he's asking to see if walking phoenix would be would want to do a sequel so For walk, sure. well, i mean because he's the main guy and i feel like a lot of it was sold off of walking phoenix and todd phillips together so they both would need to be in tandem with it that's true they really would need to be it and i mean they would have to come to a very very strong agreement on the direction of where they would take the story right and i and think that's that's the hardest thing to come up with guys guys that is the hardest thing you know um some movies end up really bad because they've got too many too many cooks in the kitchen and some movies end up really bad because they don't have any ideas and they are forced into a position because there's so much demand that the studios say, hey, there's got to be a sequel. And what, contractually, you have to make one. What's funny is when... Uh, so sequ- please don't please don't be so fucking quick on the trigger to be like, sequel, sequel, sequel. If, if you really like the movie and you really think it's great, let it marinate. You know, I just kind of thought of it. This would be an interesting idea. You know how so many sequels try to just remake the same movie again? You know what would be really interesting is if, like, for the sequel, they pretty much do make the same movie again, and then, like, the last half or whatever just goes completely fucking ape shit. Like, if he's... Be an like, interesting... Yeah, be an interesting take. I mean, I'm not saying this specifically for Joker. I just think it's an interesting... In, mo- an interesting concept. An interesting together. movie idea for, like, a sequel where, like, someone ends up in, like, an insane asylum at the end of the movie, like Joker, for example, and then pretty much the same movie starts to play out, and then the last half, you find out he's in the asylum... And that's when you get fucking dark. Like, yeah. you get dark and twisted as shit. Like, you make... Because most people don't want to sit through the same movie again. Unless they intentionally want to watch it. But if you do something like that with Joker, it'd be... I feel like it'd be a really yeah, interesting Yeah, you could kind of go leaps and bounds. But hey, Todd Phillips, you're listening. First of all, we love you. Second of all, we gave you two ideas for a sequel. If you wanted to do it, you don't have to, my man. All within you did the, great. All within the span of an hour. Yeah, you did great, man. Hey, 
Thanks for listening to the Empty Glass Podcast and our super special extra long Friday episode. Yeah, let us know what you guys think, please. Uh, we love to hear from you. Love to know what we can do better. Love to know if you enjoy what we're doing or if you have any other ideas. If you really like these hour-long episodes, we may turn all of our episodes into hour-long episodes. Might be the case. Um, so and- please just, just let us know. I uh, hope you guys like the new crisp quality sound from the Empty Glass. <laughs> that sounds... <coughs> fuck. All right, bye. 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 Ba da ba ba da ba.